Hi, hello, people. So, hope you all have are having a very good time. I definitely am because today we have a very special guest, uh, Jerome, who happens to be the co-founder of uh, Salesflare, which is a powerful CRM uh, for small businesses who are mainly into the B two B space. Uh, so, I'm super excited to have Jerome as our guest today. Uh, but before we start um, um, start asking questions to Jerome, uh, Jerome, I I heard something about you and just wanted to clarify that from the man it's man himself. Uh, yeah. I've heard that you speak six different languages. Is that true? Yeah, I do. Well, it's 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 not very special here in Belgium. Well, it is a, a bit special, but we all start here. So I, my my mother tongue is Dutch. Um, because I live in the in the north of Belgium, the Dutch speaking part, next to the Netherlands as well. Um, I grew up in the, the French-speaking part for a few years because my dad worked in Germany. So there I had French at school. I was, I was perfectly bilingual at some point. Um, I, I actually, we have French at school. Everyone does from 10 years old. And then we have English from 14 years old. And then we have German from 15 years old. Um, so those are already four languages together with Dutch. I actually also studied uh, Old Greek and Latin, but I mean, nobody ever uses that, right? It's, but it, it informs other languages. So when I was in university, I went to study in, uh, in Milan, in Italy. Um, so I learned Italian and um, my wife now, she's Brazilian. So I'm uh, polishing up my Portuguese. So that's, that's six. And I studied some Spanish at some point, but I kind of lost it. It got mashed into all, all the other because I you know like French and Italian. And Portuguese is already a lot of uh, Roman languages. If you add Spanish as well and you don't use it, you forget uh, the difference with the other ones, if you know what I mean. So, oh. so uh, like, which would be the language with which you are more comfortable or fluent with? Of, of doing what? Uh, out of the six languages uh, or maybe the eight languages, which language you feel are you are most comfortable with? Um, well, obviously Dutch, um, but uh, I don't think you want to do the interview in Dutch. We, we can do English. Uh, English is almost native nowadays. Okay. I'm actually also um, an American citizen. Um, I'm, it's it's not my mother tongue English, uh, but I speak it all day. Like in, in the company, we speak English all day. Mm -hmm. um, and even at home with my wife, I speak English. So, oh, Okay. Uh, so uh, I would like to uh, know about Salesflare. And one thing I've noticed is there's a lot of preference given on Salesflare's website to small businesses. Mm -hmm. Am I right? So I just wanted to understand uh, what exactly is Salesflare? Like it's a CRM, but how does it, uh, how is it differentiated from uh, rest of the CRMs? And why do you focus so much on small businesses? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, first of all, yes, there's a lot of CRMs. I think on g2.com, if you go look, they list more than 650 CRMs uh, and they rank them and you know, all that. Um, within that space, you have the very big enterprise CRMs like Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics and this kind of stuff. Those are really like big systems which um, enterprises buy and then they get an army of consultants to customize it because it's basically you, you buy building blocks. And you, based on that, you can create the right thing for your company. Um, small businesses and medium-sized ones are very different in the sense that um, they don't want to hire a bunch of consultants to build something for them. Mm -hmm. They actually want to build something that fits for them uh, off the shelf. 
Like they, so, so it's, it's a totally different thing. Um, you'll also see that Salesforce is, is, is quite bad with small businesses. Lots of small businesses don't like using Salesforce. That's because it's an enterprise CRM system. And then on the, on the other end, uh, you have solutions like, like HubSpot or, or Pipedrive or ours. You know, it's all um, much more practical tools that you don't have a lot of setup with. You just buy it, it works, uh, and it helps you. It's also much more practical and it's uh, focused on the end user. Um, and within that space, which there's still quite some players, I just mentioned a few names, um, the, we focus on, on the sales aspect. We believe that uh, in the sales profession, uh, basically salespeople have, have had uh, bad tools for a very long time. Like marketers get these awesome tools with which they can track everything and automate stuff. Maybe. But salespeople were left with, uh, with these, these crappy CRMs in which they had to input data all the time. Um, and it was hard to keep up and nothing was automated. And, you know, that's, that's what, what we, what we tried to fix. And then we focus on B2B companies. So companies who sell B2B because we like to keep things, uh, simple, uh, and we like creating something for B2B and not necessarily for things like real estate, etc. That's not really a match unless you sell commercial real estate. Um, and then within that space, uh, we differentiate by fixing that problem that I just mentioned. So, you know, even though there is very nice looking um, CRM systems for small businesses, uh, sales CRMs focused on helping you sell, they all fail at some point. And that's a, an issue we had seven years ago. We had a software company ourselves. We had to follow up a lot of leads and we tried to build a, a consistent system so that we could follow up customers in the right way, remember all the things, follow up at the right times, so that we could close a maximum amount of uh, leads uh, into deals, like uh, turn them into revenue, uh, have happy customers and all that. And we always failed. And we figured that it wasn't so much that it was bad, bad software or something that we were using. It was just that the software was built with this expectation that we would uh, fill it all out manually. Um, and it was a lot of work and we just couldn't keep up. Um, you know, every time you do something, every time you meet someone, you, you, you get an email, someone else is copied in. You're like, oh, there's this other person in the company, put them in the CRM. You see an email signature with a phone number. You're like, oh, that's good. Put in the CRM, you uh, call them, you put it in the CRM, you have a meeting with them, you put it in the CRM. And if you don't have this reflex all the time while you're doing stuff to document it, then the system very quickly falls apart because the CRM that doesn't contain the data cannot help you to organize yourself, of course. And then we saw that actually all that information, like I already gave a few examples just now, uh, that information was already digital and we were just copying digital information from the one system into the other, uh, which didn't make a lot of sense to us. So we figured like, what if we make a system that uh, pulls all that data together automatically? So I could find some stuff here and some stuff there and some stuff there, and then it combines it, organizes it for you. And basically all you have to do is, is say like, yes, I do indeed know that person at that company. I want to add them. Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, oh yes, I have to do that. And, and the system then populates it all for you. So. For instance, about contacts, it will find data and email signatures and social information, and it will find stuff about companies and company databases. 
it will detect who you know at each company. So you add them with one click. When you do, it populates a timeline because it knows everything in your emails and your calendar and your phone. Uh, so it's really a system that helps you to do sales as a small and medium-sized business selling B2B without you having to uh, go through all the pain of keeping a CRM up to date. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm sure you must have made some very good decisions throughout the process, uh, but um, would you like to share some bad decision or maybe a mistake that you made uh, during your journey? I think that would be a really good uh, learning for uh, our viewers. Mm, I made a, a lot of bad decisions. Um, so let me pick one. I think, I think some of the most painful ones are when you hire the wrong person. Um, well, at least uh, most painful for me personally um, is when you hire someone and you have certain expectations and you want to make it function in the team. And at first you're like, oh, it doesn't seem to work, but we're going to try to make this work. And you put a lot of time and effort into this. Um, but then there's, this, there's this, this awkward tension and it just doesn't work. And in the end you have to fire them, which is also not fun to do. Um, that's that's some of the worst that can happen i think and it's actually not too difficult to solve but you need to be disciplined at it um so a few changes we made in the recruitment process is um we check for cultural fits by involving multiple people in the process and we try to imagine working with that person we then uh, ask for references uh, we call them and we ask some hard questions. I mean, these people will always be positive, but they sort of might positively mask up a negative, which you can then uh, take with you. Um, we ask for some uh, work they've done in the past. Um, what I especially also check with most people is their, um, their writing skills, because it's extremely important in our company as we... I communicate with customers and internally largely uh, in written form um, and whether that is in, uh, in in Slack or through Salesflare or in GitHub or whatever, you know, in all these places, it's always written. Um, so if you don't, cannot explain things very clearly, um, then things uh, can easily uh, take much longer, let's say, and misunderstandings and problems and uh, everything comes from clear writing. And then as a last point, what we try to do, but it's harder in some positions than others, is um, have a little test project together where we actually work together on something small uh, so you can feel how a collaboration is going to be. Mm -hmm. Because really, if, if you leave that for after you hire the person, uh, the first thing you do together, you, you, can, you can probably already feel uh, where it's going. And it would have been nicer to do that before you hire them, right? Yeah. Right. So I, I think that that uh, problem is faced by many organizations. I think that would be a common problem, a common link between many organizations, right? Uh, yeah. So during the pandemic, uh, I, I believe that a lot of businesses got affected, obviously. But there are some businesses, especially the SaaS-based businesses, that did quite well, I, I believe. Uh, so I just wanted to understand what your learnings were from or during the pandemic, did you make any changes to the organization or to how your colleagues, your employees are working, interacting with each other? So how was it like during the pandemic and post pandemic? Yeah, well, we are not post pandemic yet, at least not here. I don't know whether in India, but 
<laughs> we were briefly, but uh, now we yeah. think that we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the same here. Yeah. Well, we were never post, but you know they they relaxed things a bit, and then uh, a few days ago they decided to make it uh, strict stricter again, um, back to where we were basically uh, throughout the winter. Um, now what we changed mainly, like we've always worked with companies all over the world in a remote way, and we were completely prepared with. I mean, we were online and digital and stuff, you can imagine. Um, the main thing we had to change was our internal communication. Uh, because the main thing that changes in the past, we were together in a room, you know, we were next to each other and we could talk. Uh, and now we're all in our own homes. We can still talk through Zoom. But a lot of stuff in between meetings um, is not um, in, in spoken form anymore. It's, it's really written, like I said before. Um, and where we did rely in the past on this sort of informal communication by being in the same room also to keep up to date uh, nowadays we have to make it much more systematic and actually I've written a, a full blog post on that uh, we republished it a few days ago it's um, if you type in google um, remote team sales flare you'll find it uh, in there I detail all the changes we've made um to make things work because we're in the past sort of we we tended to rely i would say on accidental communication in the office you know okay. um nowadays it's it's way more systematic which makes that it's it's also way better than when we were in the office uh, because everything that is decided that is discussed and all uh it's it flows sort of the information flows in 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 a, in a good way and that makes that there's, there's way less stress, way less misunderstandings, and everything is much more organized. Um, one of the simple changes we made to, to share uh, one uh, with the listeners so you don't have to Google, uh, the rest is, is uh, you can Google, um, is at the end of each meeting. So we, we try to limit meetings to just a few people because if you're more than three people in a meeting, probably the other, like if you're five in a meeting, the two others are sleeping. They're not contributing because you cannot have a discussion with five people. Okay. Um, so we try to limit meetings to three people, but then how do you make sure that all the others also know what happened in the meeting, right? Because mm -hmm. that's important. Um, now, first of all, we make meeting minutes. That's sort of basic, but we have a, a Google Doc open during the meeting the whole time. And in a sort of bullet point format, we, um, we write down everything that we, that we discussed. Uh, things we decided to do, things we decided not to do, why, all the details. But then, you know, people that weren't in the meeting, they're not going to read the whole document. So what we do at the end of each meeting, like in the last 10 minutes or so, um, we go through what we've uh, decided or discussed. And um, we try to think like, what should the other ones uh, that were not in a meeting know about what we discussed here? And they we write that down in short, also bullet point style, uh, with a link um, to the to the full document, and we paste that in Slack, and then everybody knows uh, like a, a short summary of what was discussed, which makes that everybody is then always up to date on on every discussion, and that helps a lot to to keep the information flowing. Okay, great. Uh, now, now um, the next question is uh, actually from me. Just wanted to understand whether you are a sales guy or a marketing guy or a tech guy like where is your inclination more towards towards which side um 
all of them, I would say. I, I, I like all of them. So what I like to do is uh, building stuff for people. Um, but I, I, I mainly like the for people uh, aspect of it. So seeing that we're building a, a product and an experience and an and, and interaction and all that um, for people that that is the best thing we can deliver. Um, and that's sort of where I would say sales, marketing and product, not necessarily the technical side. I don't like to do the, the technicals behind the product. I, I'm also not really the person uh, most qualified for that. Um, but um, that's, that's, that's what I like to do. So it's a mix of, of you could say, uh, call it product marketing, perhaps. It's probably, what, if you take one, uh, one concept that uh, um, catches it best, uh, it's probably that. Okay. And uh, do you think like now, uh, so uh, these days I've come up, uh, I've uh, been introduced to a term called as CRM acceleration. And I was really intrigued by it. That what exactly is CRM acceleration? And at that time, I realized uh, that the term is mainly referring to uh, the various integrations, basically a CRM integrating with some third-party apps. Uh, so maybe like a Zapier, a CRM having a capability to integrate with other applications. So what are your views over, over that? And I'm sure Salesforce uh, must also be um, uh, having a provision of where you integrate your CRM with other tools? Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling CRM acceleration now because I have never heard about it <laughs> as a person in CRM. I think so. that is the buzzword these days, but yeah, it, I, uh, it's a very fancy word, basically. I cannot, I cannot find it in Google, but uh, I would say, yeah, um, where CRM is probably accelerating most is that it used to be this sort of, at least in people's heads, uh, this sort of address book kind of place. Uh, where you just had some information about people and, and companies and then some notes and this and that. Uh, then it turned over the past, um, I would say, 10 years or something. Uh, we, we're, we're in this for seven years. I think, I think we were around where it started. Um, we were one of the first to integrate uh, emails into the CRM in such a way that you, you could see every email in there. Uh, when we first presented at the companies, they were like, are you sure emails in the CRM? Don't you want only the important ones and you just copy and paste them in there? And we were like, uh, no, you want to see the timeline. Uh, so I think CRMs have turned into, uh, from a sort of a database, um, they have turned into uh, a communication system, actually. Mm -hmm. So I think personally then in CRM, um, nowadays the, the communication needs to be central and the data is, is extra. Okay. Because in sales, the essence of sales is communicating, right? You're communicating with a customer yeah. um, to uh, get them from having an issue to getting them to a solution. So it's all about communication and, 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 a, and a process to follow up and get them from here to there. Um, now, where I think from here in the next um, five years, it might be faster even, um, CRMs are going to evolve as they're going to become real sales platforms. Uh, and by that, I mean um, more and more sales tools are going to be part of the CRM. So like in the, in the past, again, um, 10 years or something, we've seen all this kind of sales automation tools popping up. And uh, th that, was, that was nice for a while, as long as they were not in CRMs, but not, now it's, it's, it's not possible anymore. They are going to become part of the CRM. So it's, it's all going to become 
sort of one sales system. Uh, and I think that's really going to help uh, companies to accelerate, <laughs> come back to your acceleration uh, concept. Uh, because in that case, it's, I mean, it, it becomes something that really practically helps on top of just being a sort of a memory system. Uh, it's really going to start helping you sell. And where do you see uh, Salesflare going from here now? Let's say after three or five years. Oh, that's um, it's hard. But our, our long-term vision is, um, so we, we've automated data, uh, which is in our uh, perspective. And I don't think it's only in our perspective, but uh, the, it's, uh, it's the main issue. Like if a CRM doesn't contain data, then all the rest will not work. Uh, on top of that, we've started automating other stuff. Um, so there is a bunch of tools already in Salesflare. For instance, there is a, an, an automated email sequences uh, tool uh, called Workflows uh, with which you can trigger on your data. You can say, if this and this is true, then you need to send that email. If they don't reply, you send that email and then, you know, this whole thing. Um, so it, it's it, on top of data, uh, we start building more and more automation. Then I think as the data grows, um, we'll be able to integrate more and more um, smarter stuff, not algorithm based, but but also um, artificial intelligence based. The, the, the prerequisite there is first that you have a lot of data, but I think we're getting to that point uh, and, the, and the artificial intelligence is also getting to that point. And then next to that, um, I think it's, it's really going, going to verticalize, like I said, um, in terms of um, sales tools. Uh, so Salesflare will, will start absorbing more and more sales tool functionality. Um, one thing we're thinking about right now is, for instance, lead gen functionality, um, because you can, you can already email people from Salesforce, then you can follow them up. Well, you can also email after it. But, uh, but people often use it for outreach emails and then for closing. And the step before that is, of course, to find the right leads. Um, and I think there's a lot of improvement to be made in that area as well, uh, which is something we're looking into actively right now. Okay. So um, thank you, Jeron. Thank you very much for sharing your insights, your valuable time with us. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, so I wish uh, we could have done it even more, but uh, sadly, you, you already said that we can have only 30 minutes of it. But thank you very much for your time. And for the people who uh, would like to know more about Salesflare, they can simply visit www.salesflare.com and have more insights. And uh, Jeron, would you like to share the title of the uh, of, of the article, of the blog that you published recently? Um, again, it's something with remote team. Let me quickly look. Um, the title is how to manage a remote team. Um, it's currently the, the latest thing on the blog. Okay. But you can find yeah. it and maybe put it in the show notes. Sure, sure, sure. I will do that. So thank you very much, Jeron, once again. And I really wish, I really hope that you and your team achieve everything that uh, you, you have set out to do for Salesflare. And I really wish you all the best. Thank you very much thank for you. your time. Same for you. Bye-bye.